everybody. My name is Navar. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to my podcasting channel. Welcome to, to my YouTube channel. <laughs> Please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Share. Click the link. Click the doorbell. Um, hello. The doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> what, y'all? It's we just, just spend time <laughs> venting to each other about how stressed out life can be. So. Uh, forgive me for not saying alarm instead of uh, whatever I said. Just bell, Navar. Just, yeah, just bell. bell. Yeah. We don't have a YouTube. Um, this is a podcast. This should we clap for, for yes, we should the clap. sake of it? On uh, three, two, one, clap. <laughs> three, what else? Two, all right. I think uh, I ruined that one too. Yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Hello and welcome <laughs> to Escape the Dark, a Last of Us fan podcast. I'm Navar, and I'm joined by my wonderful and funny friend Indrani, um, who is slightly unhinged today. Unhinged, yes, we are both unhinged today. Um, we are talking about episode four, and uh, this is going to be fun because episode three was. Gave it a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very big high, and now we have another amazing episode, but doesn't have the same highs as episode three. So I'm curious for your spoiler three, spoiler free thoughts uh, before we jump into it. How did you feel about episode four? All right, I I mean you already pointed it out. Like you're coming down from the high of something very mm-hmm. like emotionally intense i thought it was really good in cementing that relationship between joel and ellie and i said this i think for episode two like you see them start to interact one-on-one and in Mm. this one you really see them starting to warm up to each other which is nice because you know the expectation is that um eventually they're gonna have to care about each other um and watching that process play out is incredibly fun yes i loved this episode because of how great of an homage it is to the video game i mean the whole series is but this episode in particular yeah like there are some scenes that are picked straight from like (laughs) beat by beat straight from the video game and i just had this like fucking massive grill on face the whole time being just like pointing at the screen and being like they're doing the thing they're saying the thing and it was just this wonderful sense of like watching something you've known and loved for so long come to life in this new manner mm-hmm. I also every time they make a change I ask myself is this for the better yes. and all the changes that I have seen in this episode have been for the better they introduced a new character, uh, oh. Kathleen, um, played by an actress who I've come to love because I recently watched the show Yellow Jackets. I think I mentioned it last time yeah, too, yeah. that she's one of the leads in that. And okay. she's phenomenal. So all the new characters coming in, all the new storylines, love it. Um, but definitely, if I were to rate it, I would give this a solid like seven. Yeah. 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 Hit me. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, no, we're good. Um, yeah, so very similar thoughts. Uh I love a lot of the 
the imagery that we get. I love all of the Joel and Ellie interactions. Um, they're really so good. I love how we get like more in in depth about like Ellie's intelligence, and we get we learn more about like how Joel processes his trauma in this episode. Um, I love the, what they did with the new characters and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think like, and we got to see some cool cameos, uh, also from, um, from people that were involved in the game. That was really cool. Yes. Uh, we got some foreshadowing. The thing that really messed with me for this episode was one, it was shorter. This was 45 minutes long. 50 minutes, I think. 45 yeah no you're right yeah, 45 yeah, 45 yeah it wasn't even and 50 so yeah we've had yeah it was fast it went by so fast um the other part is that it it seems to be written as a two-part episode arc mm. and it felt like part one of two like i didn't feel like i got necessarily a complete story and so it really threw me off when it ended um but it ends on a good cliffhanger so yeah all that to say i have been thinking about this rating since i watched it and i felt like mine was probably an eight like it was still really good it sounded a lot of good stuff but i feel like there was it was just like there wasn't necessarily that wow factor and um i don't know the writing was still on point i, uh, I see I what you're saying one, yeah there's one thing they could have written better that would have made a specific scene more clear that I think like really could have just, I don't think it would have changed the rating necessarily, but that was like a, a, a gripe that I had outside of that. I think it was, I mean, it was a solid episode. It's just, they can't all be tense. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it wasn't as action packed as I thought it was going to be. If you, didn't re if you remember listening to me talk at the end of last episode for us, I kept saying like, Oh yeah, it looks like we're going to get some action. And there was some action, but it wasn't as, action-packed as i thought it was which trailer tells me next episode might be but who knows <laughs> i have a strong feeling that with what's under the floors wink wink mm, nudge nudge yeah. that it's gonna be pretty grotesque yeah. yeah um for what it's worth again still in the spoiler free territory i think it utilizes violence and and action well like it doesn't put you in prolonged like sequences of just watching these characters go through you know trying to survive because yeah. that tension only works if if you can feel a sense of relief from it and in a 50 minute or a 45 minute runtime like mm -hmm. if i'm spending 20 minutes following just what like these characters just constantly in combat that's just not yeah i i feel like it hits different beats, but when it does have these action sequences, my God, I've, I, it, they, they do such a wonderful job of recreating that experience of, mm -hmm. of the dread you feel when you're going through it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's careful use of combat. Com I keep saying combat, I mean action. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I appreciate Sorry. the fact that yeah. it is. I agree. Yeah, they still are doing very, they're still very efficient in how they're managing these scenes. There are two specific things um, that I felt like were poorly written. 
that I'll get to in spoilers. Um, I have and an I mean, idea like, poorly, what that might like, be. <laughs> you probably do. Uh, and, I, and I mean, like, poorly is probably, like, too dramatic. Um, but there was just things where I was like, I feel like this was written just to, like, get something by on one part where it easily could have been, like, one minor change and I would, and nobody would have batted an eye. I personally wouldn't have. The other one is like, this is more confusing than not. And I don't necessarily understand what's going on. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but we'll, we'll dig into that. If you're, if you're one of the wild few, who <laughs> literally still, still don't know who you are. Uh, if, if you, okay, first of all, if you only listen to us to the spoiler free review, I would love to hear from you. Uh, at, Navar SMP on Twitter, please hit me up. Tell me how how much you enjoy our spoiler free reviews. Um, if you listen to the whole episode, we'd also love to li- li- uh, hear from you. Um, for please, the folks please. who have t- said nice things about us and to us, um, thank you. We love you. Um, but, but yeah, but if but if you're only here for these nine minutes, then um, thanks and goodbye. We are come back soon. Spoilers, <laughs> come back soon. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll- I do have a headcanon that there is just one person who's like, ah, yes, five minutes of my day listening to two <laughs> random people. <laughs> I hope, I hope that person does this. Um, I mean, otherwise, you know, why do it? Oh, I don't know. Why it works it? on YouTube? I mean, I know there's YouTube channels that do this very thing. So, oh yes, yes. As we discussed in the beginning, we are not a YouTube channel. We are just a podcast. Um, hit that like button. <laughs> hit that like, comment, and subscribe, and doorbell button. Um, <laughs> Focus. Okay. okay. Focus. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler section time. Um, okay. okay. So we start out. I'll get to my gripes as they come up. I think that's the most reasonable way to do this. So it's not confusing for people who don't watch the show. So we start out. Ellie is taking a break. They're at a gas station and she's by herself and she is pointing a gun at the mirror. The gun that she took, Frank's gun. Uh, she is like pointing at the mirror. She's like practicing, like uh, holding it. And um, she takes the clip out. Um, she has bad gun safety, generally speaking, but she takes the clip out and the bullets out. And then she like practices like cocking it and shooting it uh and pulling yeah. the at least. um and reloading it and so what's interesting is this scene mirrors in some ways uh it, it has a similar visual to scenes we've seen before like the in the second episode where there's like because of the status of the buildings there's like this hole in the ceiling so you see some mm-hmm. light coming down but she is not standing in the light this time she's standing off to the darkness pointing a gun at herself in a mirror. So, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I I think that's a good visual motif to point out. Um mm. I I we can go on about like what that represents, but there's this yeah. one particular shot where she's it's framed from like the side and she's like fixing the gun back up and putting it in her backpack and like you can very clearly see that she's framed in this like shadowy darker mm-hmm. area and when there's like this clear beacon of light right behind her yeah. um and that that's something i want to talk about real quick is just yeah. the establishing shots in this yes. show as well like every new frame tells its own story 
mm-hmm. and we'll get to that as like you know we go on which is what when Ellie comes back out and Joel's like siphoning um <laughs> uh diesel or petrol or whatever fuel yeah. from these cars and struggles to explain to her how siphoning actually works <laughs> and i was like i'm with you buddy i have no idea how it works yeah, i just well, trust I that it works. does yeah. <laughs> she's like what is that and he's like it's a siphon and she's like well how does it work and he's like uh gravity works gets the th- <laughs> she's like, you don't know <laughs> um it's yeah, so good it's oh. so good so yeah so but what else happens in the scene is an interesting thing because um we ellie pulls out this book of puns yes and did correct me if my memory is wrong but like i feel like this only happens in the dlc no does she read the book of puns yeah in the the main game that's one of her like idle animations like at some point in the game did you just oh i don't idle i'm constantly stressed out moving around <laughs> trying well, to fight I don't think idle but like in monster. in yeah, in yeah. the sense that like there are mo- beats like, in yeah, the yeah. game where she will just Have you completely missed that that's so fascinating that's so yeah because I, I I I'm trying to think and again folks I like recently played this and beat it again but I feel like I don't remember it in game I only remember it in um the DLC but either way it is something that she does uh I don't want to like flip through my notes because that'll just be annoying. Because um, I won't edit it out. Uh, yeah. As we know, uh, <laughs> as we but, know that this podcast is not edited. <laughs> it's partially edited. <laughs> we are edited. To the sound music actually great. just plays <laughs> in real life around us when we start talking. It's great. Um. Yeah. Hank Williams back there. Uh. No. So. Uh, but anyway, so yes, so she breaks out this book of puns and she starts to read them, and Joel is just like being annoyed about it. Not impressed. <laughs> yeah, thoroughly unimpressed by her. It's such a great vibe. Yeah, um, I mean, Bella Ramsey does such a great job. Like we've talked about a lot about like bringing the attitude of uh, Ellie and how um, they have like just really nailed that down, uh, and like the deeper like darker characters of ellie but like bella ramsey does such a fantastic job of just being like a joyful kid like a kid who's just like excited to explore and to like say funny shit just like get into stuff that uh they're not supposed to i I really love it me too i i and, and it always juxtaposes itself so well against like those scenes where you see that sadistic streak in mm. Ellie, right? Because yeah. this whole time you're like, oh yeah, this kid who's reading puns and is like trying to, you know, <laughs> crack Joel up is also the same person who like plays around with an infected. Yeah. And is like, you know, waving a gun around with like this fascination to it's it's yeah, it 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 makes those scenes so much more impactful because of just how mm. jarring they are. Um as opposed to like the rest of what you see of Ellie. So yeah. yeah, I love I love this casting. It's so good. Yes, absolutely. And and alternatively, Pedro does a great job of playing that like very stoic, um, gruff Joel who just doesn't want to let this kid in emotionally at all. Um but we get in the next scene one of another like amazing this is a moment where they did like frame by frame 
yeah. uh, shot and and script from the game. And it's so funny because <laughs> the, uh, Ellie finds some music in the back of the truck and then finds a magazine. And uh, what is it? Does it? I'm trying to figure out, like, does it say bear skin or bear kin? I can't tell. Does it matter? There's a man. There's a naked man on the front of the book. And <laughs> she's like, I found this book. She's like, it's got a lot of pictures in it. And he like sees the mirror. He's like, oh, uh, we've already established that Joel can't lie very well. And so he's like freaking out and not knowing what to do. <laughs> like, I just want to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> Which is also a great like, indication of where she leans yeah. on the spectrum or, 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 or like, you know, the many, very possibilities of like um, sexuality. It's great. I love that. <laughs> She is so fucking queer. It's yeah. amazing to me that she sees these naked dudes. It's like, yeah. she chucks <laughs> yeah. it out of the window. Chucks oh, it out the window. See you later, dude. Um, yeah, it's it's so funny. Uh, and then so we get the the song, right? Um, the Hank Williams song, "Alone and Forsaken," which I think was in the trailer. Correct. Uh, the first trailer that we got. Um, and then they. They make camp and you can see them like trying to figure out um, like getting dinner ready and all that stuff. And Ellie's like scarfing down food. And uh, there's a great scene where she says, well, how, why can't we have a fire? And then instead of just like answering, Joel's like, uh, now, why am I going to tell you no? And uh, which is like the asshole way of like, I'm going to help you critical think. Yeah. <laughs> so Listen, let's break Socrates. this down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then he basically talks about, like, yeah, it's like people. Like, we got to worry about people. People can come see this. Like, fungus aren't smart enough to know what smoke is, but people are. And, uh, and if they come for us, it's going to be, it's going to be a very bad situation. Um, and so it's like he has this moment where he's like, I'm trying to instill fear in you for you to make good choices. A, a good choice. Yeah. And then they lay down for bed and he turns and tries to reassure her, um, which is like a very fascinating and interesting turn in their relationship of like, there's still, you can see like even through all of this, the beginning of this episode, he's still very standoffish but he this is like the first one of these first moments of him okay i'm coming around a little bit i what i like about these sequences is that they feel very appropriate for the moment i never feel like oh they're doing this to move their relationship along or they're doing this to move the plot along or whatever it feels very much intuitive in those moments like there is an instinct if you see a younger kid sleeping alone in the middle of the like forest that yeah you would want to say things to like let them know that they're going to be safe mm-hmm. even if you can't necessarily guarantee it yeah i i particularly love the follow up shot of like them both like getting in the sleeping bags and obviously she gets franks cuz it smells nicer yeah um and when she tries to crack another pun, asks him a very leading question, and he turns around very smugly and almost nonchalantly just answers, 
what was it like i i don't remember the pun exactly but he <laughs> yeah, just so it was like why why did the scarecrow win an award and he just turns and he goes because he was outstanding in his field <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i just love like the sort of shy smile that breaks onto his face because he's like yeah. i can't believe i just did that <laughs> yeah um it's great i it's so good i also what I loved about that scene is that you don't see Joel fall asleep. You see him the next scene once they've like laughed and giggled like little girls for a bit, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. You see him just like get up and patrol yeah. while Ellie's asleep. And that just seems appropriate in that whole situation. Yeah. I'm like, how are you sleep like going to bed right now? Like that's just crazy, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just going, going. Um and yeah, I think the morning we get the establishing um, shot of the coffee, right? Because coffee, Joel loves his coffee. That was so funny because my partner happens to be a coffee aficionado. He mm-hmm. loves coffee. He's the kind of person who will grind his own beans every morning. And that's the <laughs> yeah. sound I usually wake up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what Joel was using is this mock up art, which is like a particular percolation device in which you make coffee and there are certain things you watch out for in a mock-up art to ensure that you're getting a good cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and one of those things is like a gentle clean stream from the spout and the way was fucking sputtering my i looked at my partner and he was like just cringing physically it was just the funniest thing but he's like you know what it's it's 20 years into an apocalypse i'll take whatever (laughs) coffee i can get at that point yeah it didn't it looked it looked like it was burning for sure (laughs) yeah um which is you know what ellie talks about is like uh she says it smells like burnt shit (laughs) he's like and then he just slurps it down um but yeah so they get they get uh they continue to to move forward and they start to go they're trying to get out to his brother still uh in wyoming and so they're trying to figure out like where's the best route and uh joel explains who tommy is um, which was a great a really great conversation so um i forget how it starts but essentially he's just like you know tommy's what we call a joiner like yeah. As soon as he got out of high school, he joined the army and then they sent him off to Desert Storm. And then uh outbreak happens and he wants to join this group. So I went along with them in, in order to keep him safe, and that's where they met Tess. And then joins the Fireflies. <laughs> <laughs> and then he quits the Fireflies. And so it's just like um the the picture that he paints, like this big brother picture that he paints, where it's like I don't agree with your choices, but I feel like I have to do something to try to like take care of you best I can, even though we're both adults and you know, you can only do so much. Like it was, um, you could understand, you could see a lot of that perspective from him uh, in this conversation that he's like explaining the story of his brother. Yeah. I, I thought it was again, like a great sequence because it, it, played very well off of the last time we saw Tommy, which is what, the very first episode, right? And we haven't haven't seen seen him since. since. Yeah. So I think, you know, the fact that we know that, oh, he ended up in jail for a bit and isn't the first time you can tell, like, he's had a very rocky relationship with his brother and, like, 
watching them explore more of that like is nice like it's illuminating and i think it also serves a larger purpose is that i don't think it's time yet for people to start feeling like oh yeah he's doing this for ellie he's just going along with ellie so the fact that they reinforce that he has his own reason to be on this journey is very helpful and obviously there's the iconic yeah you're not family you're cargo right like yeah. and that captures what he wants the relationship to be and what mm-hmm. it is at this point yeah. so yeah i think it was a really great um exposition yeah i mean i think it's like we talked about that in the trailer that line and i think what's great about this is like obviously it provides the context of where that comes from um because she's like well you know like why have hope still what what keeps us going if the whole world is shit out here? Uh, he's like, well, we keep going for family. She's like, yeah, but I'm not family. And he's like, no, you're cargo. And um, it's still, it's still like a very brutal truth uh, or half truth, however he might be feeling at that time. But, but it's, it's, it's great to have that context of like, I'm still trying to determine how much of this relationship I'm willing to give myself to. Yeah. Uh, I'm Stanley, So, yeah, it's very much a, it's protecting yourself. I think in that moment. Mm, yeah. Um, I just love this whole sequence. Cause like it immediately after that, it ends with like, you know, it's going to be a while. Get some rest if you need to. And she's like, I'm not even tired, dude. And <laughs> yeah. just like smash cut to like, <laughs> just, just like I passed out. <laughs> it's, beautiful yeah it's um okay. so here we see another deviation from the the game mm-hmm. and it's it's small i suppose i just don't know enough about this i'm gonna ask you why yeah. kansas city and why not pennsylvania so how does okay. it add up and like i'm just curious why yeah i um, feel strongly about it i know i know the directorial reason of why they did it Okay. Um, but I would say in terms of like making it make sense for the story, uh, Boston and Pittsburgh are relatively oh, close. Pittsburgh. Like it's like within, like you could drive there in a day basically. Yep. Um, and so when he, when they park and he talks about like, I'm going to drive all day and all night to try to get us as far as possible, then it's like, okay, well now you're talking about a longer distance. And I, I would have to get, I don't know the, true numbers on this but i would venture to guess it's like a 12 to 14 hour drive from that area to get to kansas city um maybe even maybe like 16 either way it's it's pretty far so i think like with the camping and all that stuff that they did and making it to lincoln and everything else it just made more sense for time to pass that way gotcha Um, as a director i know that uh craig said they filmed they made it kansas city because it made more sense with the landscape and the um like what they had to use for Cal- in Calgary where they were shooting it. Um, Understood. I've never been in Pittsburgh. I have been in Kansas City. Um, but it's just, I imagine it's just Is a different it feel. Is it a different... post-apocalyptic field of runners <laughs> uh, and raiders? No. Okay. I think it just depends. Like it's very gray. Um, but I think it's like, it's more of like, uh, uh, because they have like a lot of the fields and the, um, like sort of the openness and then you have like a city inside of that openness um, I think that's 
probably a lot fed into the reason of why they did that. So, um, okay, that makes sense. I was just yeah. like curious where that decision came from. Like, I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Kansas City <laughs> means nothing like to me, but yeah. I see. Yeah, makes sense for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's just farther, and it makes more sense like the route too. If you're looking at like going that way, I guess so. Can I just say it now that these are the kind of conversations about this 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 thing that I wouldn't have with anybody else? I'm yeah. like, why Kansas City? <laughs> Break that down for me. I appreciate you so much. Of course, but yeah. Coming back to the show, so mm-hmm. they're on the road. They they hit this like massive roadblock on the highway, um, and and have to like f- find a way across, and it's gonna. It has certain implications that Joel seems to be very worried about. And like yeah. now you can feel the tensions rising. In yeah. the previous episode, we've seen raiders. We've seen groups of people who've tried to take from other people. So that's been established that they exist in this world. Earlier in this episode, Joel warns Ellie about, oh, you don't just have to be worried about spores or infected or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to be worried about other people. And now. I yeah now you're like okay I see where this is going yeah I do want to say one thing because I think like something I noticed um it felt like I clocked that Joel sees this and in the game too but just the way that he acts like he gets out he grabs his gun he walks to the end of where the road's blocked off and he looks underneath and when you look through like the camera shows it's open on the other yes. side of this semi like wide open road and so it's like okay this was clearly a forced roadblock you have like skeletons of people in their cars that are like burned for some reason Mm -hmm. and um that stresses him out and so it's like okay well if this is stressing him out then what's pushing him forward and it's just like i think it's this idea of like i need to get to my brother as quick as i can and i need to keep ellie safe so we can't like fuel we have to keep stopping for fuel we can't just keep doing this we need to just get past this part so we can get back on the road yeah um yeah but they've the people who blocked it off made it very difficult to get back on the freeway <laughs> yes um it it yeah it, it the implications of what's happening are very clearly presented it's not like it doesn't take a lot of effort to like understand but just the way the tension starts to root ramp like even with the music um you know Pedro pascal's brilliant acting um it's yeah i was starting to dread what was going to happen and this is this is a good juxtaposition from the game i use that word a lot (laughs) but i really like that in the game i thought this was a brilliant choice is that you spend all this time looking for a car finding that battery going around town with bill etc etc and there's mm. one sequence where you drive it for, you know, that short amount of time and then it's gone. Then you lose <laughs> the vehicle, right? Yeah. So I knew that this was an eventuality, but mm. I was hoping that in the show they would actually let it play out longer. That you would actually feel the payoff of like going and looking for this thing that you needed and not necessarily have it taken away from you in an instant. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't played the game, like when you do get the truck, there's no like, you don't control the truck ever. Like it's one cutscene and then it crashes for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah. You get a short, a short film 
and then you don't have a truck anymore. But you don't um, have a truck anymore. Yeah. Shout out to Billstown. Um, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah. So yeah, what's interesting here too that they added is they're driving by and Ellie makes Joel stop and they look and you see like down the street, the quarantine zone and the quarantine zone looks fucked up, um, which we need to talk about as we get deeper into this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like she's like, okay, this is a problem. And as they're like looking at this, this guy walks out into the road and he's like, help, I'm hurt. I need help. And Joel is like, no, no <laughs> uh, put your seatbelt on. Ellie. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he yeah basically like drives uh at the guy um there's they have somebody set up on a tall building who throws a brick at the windshield and uh they end up crashing into a storefront and um this is a really brilliant scene because now this is the second time that Joel's been in an in a- accident in a truck with a 14-year-old yes. It's the way he asks her if she's hurt and like reaffirms like, are you sure? Yeah. It, you can, I felt so yeah. bad for him. I, I turned to my partner. I was like, this guy is going through some real traumatic shit right Absolutely. now. PTSD. And he's like fully in dad mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like making sure like she's fine and they're getting shot at like this, you know, windows are breaking. So yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, Yes. I think like, okay, so this is just a funny thing. Like with the game, and we talked about this a little bit early on, but like with the game, there's so many times where it's like scenes like this happen and you're just flooded with enemies. <laughs> so every time an, a sequence comes up that I know is uh, mirroring the game, I'm like, okay, there's got to be like 14 dudes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just three. <laughs> How many bullets do you have, Joel? Get your shit together. Um, use that brick. Uh, it, it's not. It's not 14, guys. Um so yeah, there's a couple of dudes shooting at him and he, you can see he's just like terrified. He's terrified. He keeps looking to Ellie, like the way that they act this out too, their faces are so close to each other and they're like, yeah, like intent on like, what do I need to do to get you to survive? Um, it's so fucking good. And he, he's like, okay, there's like this hole in the wall. He's like, I need you to crawl over there hide and you do not come out until i tell you remember when i said last episode that ellie fucking never listens <laughs> yeah she's so good at breaking rules and, yes. and not listening she's oh, my favorite worker. a role model <laughs> um yeah so he he shoots one guy and then he like moves to a different position um i think he gets the does he fight the next guy or does he just get the next guy him? comes back out and is like, Oh, you're fucking dead. You just got Brian, I think was no Brian's the other no. guy. Yeah. Brian's uh, the other guy. Yeah. He gets someone and, Elliot um, or something. sorry. I said Elliot. Maybe I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. Whatever. He's one <laughs> yeah, of those NPCs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and yeah. And, and like you see tension ramp up because the other guy just runs towards Joel and is now, you know, making his way where Joel and Ellie are hiding to, mm-hmm. t- to get some exact revenge. And um, there's this moment where like Ellie peeks out and she sees this like body on the floor. And it's one of those intentional, like, 
kind of yeah. looks like Jewel if you yeah. squint, maybe. The rifle, and the, there's yeah. a brown canvas jacket. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, like, you, and then it cuts to again Joel just like, you know, getting his shit together. Um, he's gotten the other guy down, but from the back, he's ambushed by this another person who's basically like holding him down with like the length of his massive, I don't know, fucking like shotgun. shotgun. Yeah. And, and you can see Joel struggling. And here's where my prediction from the last uh, episode we did comes true is that Ellie takes her own gun out, the one she stole from Frank, and just shoots this other person who's <laughs> on top of Joel. Um, not fatally, but enough <laughs> to like knock him off of Joel's body and free him. And yeah. now the tables have turned. And now this person, Brian is starts pleading for his life just like you know, we can figure this out you can talk to my mom who i have a thing about yes. that particular thing um yeah. and and my name is ryan and he does a thing where you introduce yourself you tell them your name you humanize yourself so that they feel sympathy for you and ellie looks conflicted i think for a moment yeah, yeah. um and joel in this moment just says Go back inside. And he takes her gun. <laughs> he and, and he takes her gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. So um I think this scene does a really great job. We've talked a lot about like uh um uh, Ellie's attraction to violence and like her fascination with that idea. And in this moment, like you have this person who's basically stationary over Joel, and she could potentially kill him and i think just like the nerves and the terror of this whole situation and like enacting violence she shoots him like real low <laughs> i think she hits his like in his spine because he mentions like not being able to use his legs yeah um and and then she's got the gun pointed at him but she could see that she's like this hesitation keeps building um which allows joel to step in and prevent her from doing more uh but yeah it's it's such a great scene for that specifically just to talk about like what violence means for ellie and and how um how she's processing it in in a way of like clearly she she looks at the fungus people as not humans right um yeah and uh you know knocking somebody out punching them like that's that's one thing but like now it's in a situation where like this person's life is now in your hands and ellie is reconciling with that fact um so she hides and you can see like she's starting to like tear up and she like wipes it away um and uh yeah brian keeps talking about his mom so this is this is one of my this is the beginning of one of my things he keeps talking about his mom and uh and about trading and i think that this was a line that was supposed to pay off but even watching it twice it doesn't necessarily pay off and uh this is one of the things that i was like uh this could have probably been easily fixed and i don't think it was very clear about what was going on so yeah that was my same gripe we'll, we'll come to it when yeah um so yeah so joel stabs a guy and ends it Stabs the guy with his own knife. Yeah. That that Brian's <laughs> like, here, take my trade. knife. We, we should trade. It's a nice knife. Yeah. 
Um, here's my second gripe. So Joel's like, Ellie, I need you. I can't get in through this hole. I need you to open like the door. And she's like, there's something in the way. So he's like, all right, let's move it. So you have the time to have this conversation and you're yelling and you're being loud and you telling me you can't go to the fucking truck, Joel, grab your backpack with your shit in it. Maybe take a little bit of supplies. Like I'm not saying like do a whole thing because the truck's loaded, but you could have taken your backpack and he doesn't take his fucking backpack and it drives me nuts. I think I, I see what you're saying. I definitely like, I think there are these expectations as a viewer where I'm like, just do the thing that makes sense in this world. Why are you not doing this most this logical thing? And yeah. then I, I, I 100% agree. I relate to that frustration. I just think w- the way I cope with it, if it helps at all, is to just go, this is a really high stress environment. Yeah. When you're being shot at from like three different directions um, and you just witnessed a little girl like almost kill someone that the need to just escape might and then on the opposite end of that you're a seasoned veteran at this kind of shit you don't just like act on like instinct alone so yeah yeah and you know clearly what knew it. let's be let's be real they clearly knew it because the first thing that he gets in and she's like i'm okay i have my backpack i have some jerky in it like we have some stuff right so she understands I have resources on me yeah. to get us somewhat by. What I don't understand is, Joel, do your part. Yes. <laughs> I know you just did your part. Okay? I get it. Don't come after me. I'm just saying, take a fucking backpack, please. Next time. Next time, Joel. It just felt like a slightly shoehorned effort at like, oh, stakes are higher because they have even less resources right this now. This is why I'm upset. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, yeah. you succinct, yeah. succinctly explained why i'm upset and i just did it in a more dramatic way because (laughs) because i'm upset um yes so yeah so interesting so yeah so they they're in the same room now and you can see joel like on his face is like concerned about what just happened and can't get any words out to say it and so ellie just does it herself she's just like i'm fine i'm okay and they move on um Again, like Ellie has a lot of maturity, probably like forced maturity, um, but has a very, like is very empathic about understanding um, when to like take over situations. Yeah. You, we very much see like a slight role reversal in this moment where she's like, I'm fine. Yeah. I have some shit for us to use. Let's keep it moving. And Joel, yeah. in, like, almost just follows along for a minute. And then when (laughs) they step outside of that building that they're in, again, Joel's in the lead and, and, you know, she's following along and you get that classic like shot of Joel hiding behind a thing and Ellie just right behind him. And, and like, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice insight into Ellie's, like you said, forced maturity. I've always hated young children characters who were extremely yeah. mature because like i've always every time i've encountered people like that it's been a trauma response <laughs> yeah for sure ellie's and, life is trauma. <laughs> but here it just makes so much sense it's not yeah. yeah yeah it's still sad let's be clear it's still sad but yes. it's also it also makes sense for the story yeah 
Um, and there's more to that that will come up later in yeah. this episode about why it makes so much sense about why she manages to keep her cool. Yeah. Um, but as Joel and Ellie are hiding from like these massive tanks that are looking for, I guess, the people who just killed Brian and his friends, mm-hmm. we cut to a completely new location. We yeah. seem to be back inside the abandoned QZ. Well, not abandoned, but like... Yeah. Um, Definitely not in tip-top shape. Yeah, yeah. Rundown. It's yeah, rundown a rundown QZ, QZ where, where like little... Um, not little, well, massive storage um, uh, uh, crates, containers, yeah. shipping containers, I think yeah, they're called, yeah. mm-hmm. have been turned into like holding facilities by Fedra. Except there's no Fedra in here. There's a particularly upset-looking mom, I think, (laughs) presumably, who's interrogating this old man. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious to think, what were your initial thoughts about this person who we come to find out is called Kathleen? Um... My initial thoughts, I, so, I mean, I think it was conveyed pretty well. Like, the, we get the this idea of a woman who is trying to get information about, um, trying to get information about the whereabouts of people who basically sold out her brother. And um, so she's having this conversation with the doctor. And you can see she's, like, having this, like, very intense conversation this doctor's like locked chained to the wall and she's going through this list and what i got out of it was like she has a very good mind for like controlling with fear and in these intense situations Mm -hmm. and she's got a keen mind because she's like going through this list of like people who might have been associated with and realizes uh, some guy named Henry. Does that name sound familiar? Hmm. Mm, uh, some guy named Henry. <laughs> Maybe go listen to our trailer again. Um, or just not. I mean, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Some guy named Henry sold out her brother. And this doctor may know where he is. And uh, they have a relationship. But the doctor, I think it was a Fedra doctor, right? Yes. And, uh see I actually saw more him as like just a doctor who was a part of the QZ. Yeah. Who started eventually cooperating with yeah. 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 But I mean anyway, so yeah, so we get this like picture of um this woman who's very in charge. Uh and as she's doing this interrogation, um she's like, You you gave up information. And he's like, yeah, but they had a gun to my head. <laughs> so she pulls out a gun. And she's like, have I satisfied the requirements for you to answer my fucking questions? Uh, Without missing a beat. Such a good line. Yeah. Um, and then they get interrupted uh, by by some horns. So I'll just say, before we move forward, like in terms of how the character landed with me, I think that the actress did an amazing job uh, with it. I do think... Um, I. Something that I like about the casting of it is that it is it subverts your expectations because uh, the actress doesn't have like 
a, like a deeper voice or like a gruff voice. Like Tess, when we meet Tess, we're like, yeah, Tess is a badass. Like, uh, uh, yeah. what's the actress's name? Anna Torv, like does a, an amazing job of like portraying like, and she's got the voice to like convey, um, like what you would expect from like a this. ruggedness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, this actress has like Her a name higher is pitched. Melanie Linsky. Linsky? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has like a higher pitched voice and uh and her tone never necessarily hits that like it's not her tone or her voice necessarily that becomes intimidating. It's her control, her composure, and her willingness to do whatever. Um and you pick that up pretty quickly. So I think like I enjoy that in the cast because it's it's subversive and I like that. If you want more of that. Just more of her being a psycho mom. <laughs> yeah. Watch Yellow Jackets. Watch Yellow Jackets. Yeah. We are not sponsored by Yellow Jackets. We are not. I want to be. <laughs> um, yes. So is she a mom? We still don't know. We know for sure she's a sister. But this is the other part of what really was confusing for me. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. Is like, we get this scene, they, the people show up. We see the voice actor for the original Tommy is now playing a new character. Uh, this was wild. I have yeah. to tell you this tidbit. Because yeah. when you first see um, the original voice actor for Tommy dressed in like, you know, this militaristic outfit, my brain just went, oh, Tommy's with her. And I said that out <laughs> loud. And my like, Tommy's right here. Oh my God, Joel's going to see him. And my partner was like, and he didn't clock it when I said it the first time. And I, and I was like, dude, Joel's just going to... And he's like, what are you saying? That's not Tommy. And I'm like, I don't know why my brain just assumed that it's Tommy until like a, a whole like 10 minutes after like that that initial burst of idiocy from my head. I was like, oh no, he's the voice actor. <laughs> That's why I think it's Tommy and my partner's like, oh, <laughs> love that. That's but, so funny. Yeah, and his voice sounds spot on. Like, he, he didn't change his voice at all, so it just sounds like Tommy's talking. Yeah, I I feel so silly because my brain was like, I this, this is an interesting narrative choice. I wonder where they're going with this. Because <laughs> I'm like, how is Tommy here? <laughs> oh, so my God. Yeah, but go on. So yes, we see the um, actor for Tommy, not Tommy himself. Tommy. And I do not remember the new name that he's going by in this show. But anyway, he's like he is like Kathleen's right hand man. Um, uh, very like militaristic, and so they have these three bodies laid out. Um, one of them is slowly dying. I don't know if it is Brian that's slowly dying. So Kathleen comes out and looks at them. And, uh, like, doesn't necessarily like doesn't show a ton of emotion. It just kind of mm-hmm. sees this and then goes, "Is there anything we can do for them?" And they're like, no. He's like, so, she's like, even if I have a doctor, no, nothing. Go yeah. Ahead. What were we gonna say? Then she storms back and asks to the same shipping container where aforementioned doctor is held. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't even go in. From outside, you see her yell at someone to open the door. She takes her gun out and fucking shoots who I assume is the doctor inside the container. Yeah. And 
two things first i feel like the implication here was that she is brian's mother yeah but i feel like the execution of that implication if it if that is what the implication is was just poorly done because yeah. here's the thing i don't expect every mother to just like scream and fall apart of their child it's like sure perhaps he's just the kind of person who does not show emotion in the same way and maybe i need to question my biases about how i expect like women to portray grief um maybe she's just this really fucked up per- person who's yeah. who's yeah. response whose response to like feeling trauma is to just like resort to violence which is a perfectly acceptable thing i see happen in like male centric stories so with that caveat it just didn't land cuz i was like what was the mom thing about cuz yeah it it felt like such a big like oh there's a mother who's just going to fuck your shit up if you and then like it happens yeah. but something just so, didn't work for me yeah okay yeah so i watched it twice and like i was like i remember the doctor saying a line like i delivered you and so i was like did i just remember this wrong did was he saying that he delivered her baby that's not what he says he's literally saying i delivered you when you yeah. were born and so to me it's just like okay from a writing standpoint it could have easily have been like i delivered your son brian and then we go oh shit that's brian that's new. yeah you know or when the alarm goes off and she goes out there and somebody goes it's your son and then we see brian on the floor then it's like yeah. okay and that i feel like could have changed <laughs> wrapped up all this confusion uh, I made it pretty easy. And for that, you're getting an eight and a seven, Last of Us episode four. I um, knocked it onto a seven. <laughs> I'm being more conservative with my <laughs> scoring. We gotta we gotta give space for the for the excellent episodes. Um no, but I mean like I think that's like again, like we're talking about a lot of excellent writing and just like this think- one thing that just did not land. Yeah, and and the reason I, it stands out so much is possibly the fact that if everything's mediocre, something that doesn't quite fit just glazes over in my brain. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But when I have come to expect this like granular level of attention to things, yeah. Anything that dips below that mark just stands out yeah. so much more and um i'm not a person who expects perfection from art constantly i think yeah. like i'm like 7 is good for me like i'm like, mm. i'm happy with a 7 yeah um it's just that i get nitpicky because everything else just stands in such stark contrast to yeah. these smaller like i mean the writing has been so tight so it really like we talked about like a lot of those things of like because of the writing being so tight we now have the opportunity to like look at this stuff and read into it in a specific way yes. so when you're looking at this and you have a character who's constantly talking about his mom and how she's not far away and that uh they could trade like and he spends his last line saying like mom mom like 
surely yeah. there's a mom out there <laughs> that must be involved. And I, even if it's the next scene and you put a woman, like, I don't think that we should be expected to think that just because you put a woman on the screen that that's his mom. And so, yeah, this was like the one, uh, sort of failing, whatever. I don't know what happened with this, but, uh, some, we missed it. And, um, or but, I feel crazy. Like, am I just completely misreading the situation and that she's not, so. in fact, the mom? Because it, she could not be. She, yeah, there's also a world still where she is not the mom. Yeah. That's still like, a reality. It's just a weird, like, in my, again, they never confirm it. So maybe, because you do see someone grieving over his body. You do see who, like, a man. A man. Like, I assume the father. Man, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like fucking Brian, who are your parents yeah. to tell us? Uh, but yeah, yeah. Say her name. <laughs> Haven't you seen Batman versus Superman? You got to say her name. Oh um, God! Don't watch that movie. It's awful. Um, Shout yeah. out to Marthas everywhere. <laughs> All the Marthas. Oh, every Martha. <laughs> the dumbest. Absolutely dumbest line. Um. Anyway. <laughs> So, oh god, I had like a full body experience of just like <laughs> cringing. Uh one important thing before mm. this scene ends completely is that she comes back out and she says, like, look, we think Henry set these people out to hurt our friends. So we need to get everybody out looking for them. And then they all of the soldiers in their rebellion go off to look for um, Joel and Ellie. Uh, what I want to point out mm-hmm. that I think is a good representation of um, this Kathleen character is that she, it is very much an assumption she makes that it is Henry's work. Yeah. Even knowing that, oh, the people who killed him were not Sam yeah, and yeah. He, yeah, and Henry. Like, um, and, and she walks back out and she very, like, she proclaims it like it's fact. Mm -hmm. Like, this is Henry's work. He's got collaborators and we must kill them all. And it cuts for a moment to, um, her right hand, uh, man's face where you see this, like, I, what I perceived as apprehension. He's like, huh? Well, we don't know for sure. Um, but I saw this as like this woman using these debts to further her, like she's on her own revenge mission right now. And, and these debts just seem to fuel that she's like, Henry did this just so you're all clear. So we should kill him (laughs) and anybody who's helping him. And, and the fact that there's these outsiders is, a smaller detail and like not as relevant to her narrative as um you know like using this moment to like f- fuel feelings like against henry which yeah. i thought was like a great detail that made me go ooh sly i like that yeah 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 uh she clearly has a vendetta against henry um and i where i guess we're going to see that play out next episode um don't ask me why i'm getting sad about this uh, excited <laughs> it's just yeah. gonna be heartbreak so excited for this terrifying feeling dead now. inside yeah me too. Uh, 
Um, yeah, so then we get a great scene. So uh, Joel and Ellie are hiding. They like see them all drive by. And he's like, look, we're just going to wait until we don't see trucks anymore. And then we're going to go to this tall building that we've both seen. And um, it's like a hotel or something. Yeah, like uh, it's 40 stories or something. Yeah, yeah, 45. 45, yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> so they're sitting there. And he, Joel asks finally if Ellie is all right. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, it's just like a very, like, tentative conversation they're trying to figure it out. And he's, like, stumbling around his words. And he's like, I'm bad at this. And she's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it just didn't. It shouldn't be this way. Like somebody, somebody your age shouldn't have to deal with this violence. Yeah. And he apologizes and says that he's sorry that basically like that he failed her and that she had to do it. And Ellie starts crying in front of him. Um, it's so beautiful, this scene. What I love about it is that it's a two-way street of mm. these guards being chipped down. It's, I think, yeah. the first moment of genuine, like, well, not genuine. Vul- yes, genuine vulnerability. I would say this is the right word from Joel in 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 apologizing and in acknowledging that he fucked up to some degree by yeah. Again, it's it's also like very guilt fueled, I think, for him. <laughs> yeah. But like that sort of like acknowledgement coming from him is big, and the fact that Ellie cries in front of Joel is also like I don't think Ellie's the kind of kid she's too punk to like to like cry in front of like this yeah. older like person that she has this tenuous relationship with, right? So yeah. the fact that she like actually allows herself to like have that in front of him i love it it's both of them are like giving just a little more in the situation and it's great what i also there's this particular line that she says that Mm -hmm. i was that made me feel certain way was the fact that when joel tells her that she shouldn't have had to do that she says to him but aren't you glad i did um and on on the surface, it just seems like a like a you know bratty, annoying thing to say. But like, what I took away from it was the fact that this is a person looking for like approval. Yes, and and she wants him to approve of what she's done. Yeah, and and she wants him to like like her is 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 what i got from it and it's so i just love the delivery of that line because it's like it's like haha jk unless you know what i mean that (laughs) but like really (laughs) emotionally (laughs) driven (laughs) um the best way i can put it yeah no yeah definitely there is like there's an aspect of it that is like this yeah like you said like this moment of like I need you to tell me that I did a good job for this 
because I don't want to feel guilty for it. And I did save your life. And you are alive now because of what I did, even if I wasn't supposed to have the gun, even if I shouldn't have been the one to do it. Um, yeah. Like, can't you please acknowledge that? Yeah. And, and yeah, so good. Um, uh, and then she talks about like it not being her first time. Yes. Which is yeah. interesting to me because yeah. I have a few theories around what that really means. Yeah. Um, and my, should we talk about it right now? What I think it, or should we hold on to it? Because I feel like it might get into like super spoiler territory. <laughs> it might be too spoilery. And I know, I feel like it's going to get addressed in a later episode this season. All right. So I feel like we. We'll put a pin in it. Just put a pin in it. Yeah. 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 Because it's, yeah. Especially for folks who like have no idea. Uh, What's coming. I would, yeah. yeah. We got to let that stuff just be fresh. So, hundred percent. But yes. Anyway, yeah. Um, she got some. She got some trauma in her past. Let's <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> when she says that, when she says that she's already done it before, um, there's this like realization on Joel. Is that oh, I think so far he's been treating Ellie as he would have treated Sarah or uh-huh. a child born not in a yeah post-apocalyptic world Mm -hmm. so when she says that she's already killed it's like this thing shifts within him he comes over and he hands her the gun and he asks her to show him how she holds it he he teaches her the right grip for it and there's this trust like that builds in that moment he's like oh you're in a place in life where I wish you weren't, but you are, so I might as well equip you for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see this joy in Ellie's face because oh there's God. this moment where, yeah. like, he, he's teaching her how to like hold on to a gun properly, and he tries to like shake the gun to show her, like, to demonstrate, like, see, this is how you should hold it. Otherwise, people will yeah. just knock it out of your hand. <laughs> and you just see this like glee in her face, and it's twofold, right? It's obviously sure she gets the gun, but bigger than that I think is that sense of like acceptance and approval that I think she was seeking earlier from Joel that she finally gets Um, and it's both a sad scene because seeing a child holding a gun always makes me sad Um, but especially like literally no gun safety there is multiple times when Ellie is just like pointing a gun at Joel's face and I'm like my god put that fucking thing down (laughs) like Face it to the floor, please. Um, but yes, it is, yeah, like for sure to to go through this. And it like we talk about a lot about like what Ellie's path and like that forced maturity. And I think like this is a moment where, like you said, we're in this now. Like we're surrounded by people who have guns. Uh we're doing our best to survive. We're just gonna try to lay low. But there might be another time that you have to do what you did before. And Joel realizes he can't necessarily protect her from that. Um, And he still tries. Like, he's still like, let's not keep it in arm's reach. She tries to put it in her, like, behind her belt. And he's like, put it in your backpack. And and no surprises here. She does not listen. Yeah. Uh, The, the, yeah. Uh, Sticks it in her jacket pocket when he's not looking. Um, And then we get... 
uh, I literally like I cannot. I don't know what this guy's actual name is. I just in my notes I wrote down Tommy. Um, it's not, it's just, <laughs> this is so bad for the, your notes. You, the listener, know this is not Tommy. But Tommy shows Kathleen the hideout where they found the hideout where Henry and Sam were hiding. And you see Jeffrey Pierce. Pictures. Sorry, that's his yes. Name. Uh, his character's name though, I still don't know. Yeah, me either. Yeah, it, it's it's in there. I just uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Betty. So, what is it? Betty. Betty. Betty, oh, Perry. P-E-R-R-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 Perry, yeah. Um, yes, so Perry shows Kathleen the hideout. And you can see, like, there's all these, like, open cans of food. Sam has been, uh, Sam, who presumably is a small child, has been drawing pictures of uh, himself and his, and Henry uh, as superheroes. Um, and so... Kathleen sees all the food and she's like, all right, well, we need to double the guards around the storehouse because clearly they're getting food from somewhere. Yeah. And then and they've uh, run out of food in this situation. Yeah. And and then Perry is just kind of like, yeah, okay. And he's like looking around like nervous and she's like, what else? So then they go to this like fucking building um, and he's got his gun out. She's just carrying a flashlight. I, I, anyway. Uh, and he's like, clearly in a, like, we're gonna, we might have to fight something. And they open this door and there's this busted up concrete, uh, all around the floor. Mm-hmm. And you just hear this like growling and groaning and you see the fucking broken concrete move and shift in like this wave. Yeah. Like it's, there's liquid underneath <sighs> it kind of. Yes. Okay. So we don't know what's going to happen. We have a pretty good idea of what is happening, but like, I'm curious for you because I have my own fan theory about what this is, what's going on. Yeah. What do you think went on here? Like, what what do you think is going on, or why they know that something's there? What's your thoughts? So, I talked about this in a previous episode. Um, Neil Druckmann, before the show was out, talks about how. Um, infected, there's not just a few specific types. Mm -hmm. They evolve in a way that adapts to their surroundings. Mm -hmm. Keeping that ethos in mind, assuming that it also applies here, I think it's, if I were to use game terms, probably a bloater, which Mm -hmm. is basically just this like, huge, like, you know, fungal mass yeah, of just, you know, infected yeah. grossness. Okay. Um, yeah. So before you get too far into that, because I think it's going to be great for the next episode, what I'm curious specifically about is like, for me, when I saw this, I was like, wait a minute, did they, have they been like harvesting infected in this hole? And that's why they know it's there and they know time's running out. Or what's going on here? I thought of it as a we've discovered something. Like they're in the sewer system and they're gonna get out. Yes. I but thought why of it as a to the one building. Fascinating. I <laughs> I mean it is the I mean it you know leads to the larger question of the fact that the this was a QZ. This was supposed to be a quarantine mm-hmm. zone. So the fact that there is something in here 
that is um been growing for 20 years is kind of very weird <laughs> that's a good yeah. point <laughs> i was just very caught up by the fact that i was gonna see something but yeah but, it's it's a pretty terrifying scene um, i my read of it was just just this like massive infected that's like been trapped for so long that it's grown like yeah underneath the area and is now so like taken up so much space that it's bursting outwards. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I, I like what you're thinking far <laughs> more than my unga bunga just like it just seems so weird that it's like there's a specific area where it seems to be contained. Mm-hmm. They talk about like when they leave, they go, let's shut down this building, make sure nobody goes in in or out, right? And so it's like, well, <clears throat> if it's contained to this building. Even if it's close to breaking out of this concrete, like why was it here in this concrete? And why was it here for so long that it becomes what we see in the trailer? (sighs) I need those answers. So uh, we'll find out on Friday because we're getting the episode early. Oh, that's right. We are. So I I suppose our episode will also come out (laughs) early, right? I don't think that's the case. I think so. When I at the beginning in the spoiler-free portion, I talked about how this felt like a part one of two because mm-hmm. it was made as like a two-episode arc. I think that they put this out sooner because of it, how, how this episode just doesn't feel complete. Right. So, I think that's yeah. fair. I I I apologize my I apologize for my complete non-Americanness in this. I I hear there is this massive advertising opportunity on. on <laughs> on the weekend with some sports sprinkled in. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the Super Bowl. That's true. I I, I believe it's the fact that they don't want to compete with the Super Bowl that for viewership. Yeah. Viewership. Yes. Um but okay, yes, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, that I think is I the official reason. That yeah, clearly. Yeah. I am more excited for the last of us and the super bowl which makes sense as because i didn't think about the super bowl coming up on sunday and affecting our show so that makes sense um yeah anyway but i think it'll go back to sundays after that is my point yes i agree yeah, yeah i mean yeah. yeah yeah um okay so we're, we're still not done with the episode by the way uh so we just got excited we got really really into this moment um so yeah there's this weird thing and they still don't know where it is so then we get a fun little like uh easter egg for the game where there's a lot of times in the game where because you have a second person with you you can't reach stuff so you have to send ellie up into higher spaces or smaller spaces to get a door open um and that's exactly what joel does and he's like check around first again ellie doesn't listen and uh just opens the door they finally make it to this hotel um, she's like, are we going to climb all of these stairs? There's like 40 floors. She's like, there's 45 actually. And, um, go ahead. Oh, please keep going. I, I only got excited because I have a thing <laughs> okay. I want to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so he, he, he's like, well, we're not going to climb the whole thing, but we're going to go as high as we can go. Um, I think they make it to like the 35th 30 floor. something. Yeah. 33. Yeah. Um, oh, here's what's interesting is that like, um, Ellie starts giving Joel shit because he's like, okay, this is fine. 
and he sits down yeah. and he's like breathing really heavily and no shit he's breathing really heavily yeah and she's like get up you lazy ass and he's like i'm 56 and i was like <laughs> timeline wise it makes sense yeah. but in the games joel is 56 when it's last of us part two mm. so like he's older in this yeah. show yeah like right off the bat and and that was just like a wait what because <laughs> in the game i think in the first game he's somewhere in his like early what? 40s or mid 40s well the second game is four, five years later right or four years later so you'd have been early 50s either way 56 I was like, whoa, yeah. dude, you're old. And Pedro Pascal <laughs> does not look 56. Let's just be clear about that. Right? Yeah. I didn't yeah. they, block him as they a 56 his, year old. Yeah, they give him some salt and pepper. Um, uh, but yeah, he's, but he's also been like a literal survivor, you know? I guess. So. To be fair, I, in, my, in my head, a 56-year-old is what my father looked like when yeah. he was, or looked like when he was 56. And not the same uh, wish <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I was like really thrown off by that for a moment. Um, yeah. But yes, go on. Yeah, so. My dad's probably that age now and looks, he looks pretty good. Interesting. So, my dad yeah. is 60 something, 65, I think. And he looks, <laughs> you know, he's, different he's got something's I, going for him. But. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Indrani's dad. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. The, another funny thing is, like, after she gets the door open, she's like, where would you be without me? And he's like, by, by now. In Wyoming. <laughs> in Wyoming. <laughs> and I love the self acceptance. Like, yeah, I walked yeah. into that one. Yeah. I deserve that. Yeah. So they make it like, I forget, I didn't write down the number, but it's like 33, 35 floors. Um, yeah. And they get into uh, a room. And uh, they are like setting up the bed, and Ellie's trying to talk to Joel. Ellie's trying to talk to Joel, and mm. he's pouring like the broken glass all over the floor, and yeah. he's not—he can't hear what she's saying, and so she like yells, "Joel!" Yeah, and uh, she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I want to hear if somebody is sneaking up on us." Yeah, and she's like, "Well, would you even hear them?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so they kind of like settle down and, uh, she talks about like, well, the reason I, I asked if you would even be able to hear is because I noticed your hard of hearing on your right side. And, um, you know, is that from getting shot? And he's like, I think it's probably more from shooting. So, you know, if you want to keep your hearing, like keep, keep using the knife instead of the gun. Yeah. And also the 56 year old setup now makes more sense. I'm like, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> uh, and then, God, oh, this is incredible. This is so good. Uh, so yeah, they they kind of like he tries to talk to her about the um, violence, and she says she doesn't want to talk about it. And he's like, Look, you don't have to. Like, um, I just, I just wish you hadn't had to. I wish you didn't have to deal with this at your age. Yeah. She's like, well, does it get older or does it get easier when, it, when you're older? And he's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, and then they, they kind of settle down and the best joke, like I'm going to 
I'm going to sneak this up on people who don't watch the show um, and use it as my own. I'll, I'll give it credit, but uh, <laughs> she, she's like, she's like, hey, um, did you know diarrhea is hereditary? <laughs> he like turns and he's like, what? It's <laughs> like, yeah, it runs in your genes. <laughs> and this is the moment like where <laughs> they really break down. Like, yeah, like he is trying so hard not to laugh with her. And she knows that she got him. She yeah. knows that she got him. And you can see him like the camera's like framed on him looking away, laying on his right side, which is the hard of hearing side. And he's laughing. Yeah. And then we fade, we come back, he's laying on his left side, and it's quiet for us, the audience. And you hear Ellie say, Joel, quietly, and then she yells it, and he wakes up, she's got her hands up, somebody has a gun to her head, and he turns, there's a little boy with a mask painted over his face, holding a gun to his head, telling him to shush. A superhero mask. A superhero. In the episode. <sighs> so good. Yeah. I, yeah. I enjoyed that very much. Um, Me too. My partner, who's only played the first game, saw that <laughs> and, he's, and he just, he literally, his words were, oh, great. Can't wait to be depressed next week. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, good. Um, no spoilers, but uh, this show is heavy sometimes. And um, next episode, just based on the trailer alone, is going to be wild because we get the payoff of the rumbling concrete. Uh, we get a lot of pursuit through Kansas City. So, mm-hmm. but also the show has shown us that. We're going to get action, but we're also going to get a lot of good stories. So, yeah. Hopefully, you find out who the fuck Brian's mom is. Yeah. This Brian conspiracy <laughs> is really fucking getting to me. <laughs> Kathleen, <laughs> is that your son? Please tell me. Please tell us. <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah. So, that's that's been it for episode four. Uh, thanks for, for joining us, sticking with us. Um, very excited for episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory on episode eight, I just want to point out again, still standing strong. Seems like I got this timeline, right? So I'm just going to pat myself on the shoulder for that one. I hope it actually pays off in episode eight because I'm going to, I'm doing a lot of hype for, for this right. upcoming, mm-hmm. but, uh, we'll see. But yeah get an episode on friday but we'll still i think you and i will still stay scheduled as normal for our you can shoot for earlier we let you folks know yeah we'll try we'll We'll see um yeah any other thoughts before we leave before we leave the folks i just would like a moment of silence for brian and then i think (laughs) we're good to go you know yeah okay moment's over Moments over. Tell us if you would have told us who your mom was, if you would have said her name, yeah, you would get a longer moment, Brian. But you don't. Also, uh, <laughs> we're bad at promoting this, but we do have uh, social media, I guess, if you want to follow us. Oh, it's that's right. We do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just say it again. Uh, you can follow me on 
Twitter or other social media too at Navar S N P. That's N A V A A R S N P. And you can follow me everywhere on the internet as at Nonagon Dice. That's N O N A G O N D I C E. Um, and if you love zombie apocalyptic fun media and you like playing tabletop RPGs, you should check out the Corrupted, which is a TTRPG written by the wonderful Noir, and it is its own unique system, and it has one of the best sort of use of stress in gameplay that I've seen. So check it out. Yes. And eventually this month, uh, it'll be physical. So you can get a physical copy of it. Um, Yes. I'm for sure getting one. So Yeah. Literally just go look at my Twitter just to look at the cover art and you'll be convinced uh, because my friend Zakia did an amazing job with uh, the cover and it looks so fucking good. Um, But yeah, thank you, Indrani. I appreciate that. Um, That's it. I don't know. We've we've vamped this ending long enough. So (laughs) like, share, and subscribe. Bye. Like, share, and subscribe and hit the doorbell. (laughs) 